espresso and bongos don't go together. You just start. You play faster and faster yep. and faster and faster. <laughs> espresso bongo. It's Mystery Maniacs. Mystery Maniacs is a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the British TV mysteries. Each week, we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. This week, we're covering Jonathan mm. Creek, Season 1, Episode 3, The, the Reconstituted, Reconstituted Corpse. <laughs> I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. The title makes it sound like, you know, there was, like, when you have a vampire... And they get hit by the sun and they go into dust and then, you know, you pour blood on them or whatever and they come back. Yes. That's a reconstituted corpse. That is a reconstituted. Like if you had vampire bouillon. Yes. And you add water and you get a vampire back. In Hellboy, when uh, Rasputin comes back with the blood, that's reconstituted. He's reconstituted. Yes. Yeah. She's not reconstituted. Not in this episode. No. But, you know, the wrestler's tomb also was the name of the place. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So we missed a bit from last week. Yes, There was a little did. hidden scene at the end of the credits yes, that we didn't some, watch. One of our uh, eagle-eyed maniacs out there. Super maniac. Super To the rescue. Posted on the Maniacs Facebook page, by Said. the way. There's a Maniacs Facebook page and said, that Duh. you should join and like. It's the coffee at the door of the hotel room. Yes. Duh. Thank so you. So after the end of the episode, when we left, Jonathan Creek was in the room and him and Maddie had had kind of a flirty thing. Maybe she was going to come back after she left, but they'd also ordered coffee that hadn't come yet. Yes. And then she left and there was a knock on the door and then we ended it. Right. But there's an after credit scene where a young man brings the coffee for two in for Jonathan, and he looks for Lauren. Mm-hmm. Oh, because it was just the coffee. Yep. I think about after credit scenes being in like Marvel movies. Yes. So they actually have quite a long tradition. I completely missed it. Yep. Also, I watched it on Amazon, so the next episode started right away. That's true. Yeah. As soon as the credits kick in, it's like five, four, three, two, one. Next episode. Yep. This time. I watched it all the way to the very, very end for no reason whatsoever. Yay. You know what else I watched at the very, very end? (laughs) Golden Vampire Invasion. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Looking for Alan Davies. So several of you mentioned that the Golden Golden Ninja Invasion was on YouTube. So I watched the complete movie. You took one for the team, baby. Yep. Uh, Alan Davies appears in the credits, but the actor that we are referring to as Alison Davies from the Jonathan Creek show never appears in the movie. So there's some other person named Alan Davies who gets credit. Yes. And that credit has been misattributed to this Alan Davies. Yes. He is not in that movie. I'm at the point now. Well, I, okay. So I watched the whole movie. I may have watched it on twice speed. That made the fights interesting. <laughs> then I waited for the credits, and there's this strange scene about ninja magic beans. <laughs> like beans you eat that make you a magic ninja? I don't really know. The plot's kind of difficult because it's in Indonesian and then dubbed. Or is it a, tr- is it a teaser for Golden Ninja Invasion 2? Toot toot. I don't know. Electric boogaloo beans. <laughs> Electric boogaloo beans. I don't I don't know, but there's a discussion of them. It stops in the middle, as far as I can say, and then says the end. 
And then that was the end of the video. And the credits were not on the video, no, so it wasn't even like a post-credit. No, the credits were not credit. on the video. I then searched out several other video sources for this movie that I could find, and most of them being on YouTube. All of them Ended had the, the same. same ending. If you know different, listeners. Alan Davies, if know. you're listening. Are you in that movie or what? Are you in that movie or not? Is it a mom, mom, I got a part? Are you in the background? No. And, and like with your back turned to the camera? It so says didn't see also you? starring Alan Davies. Like his name oh. is in the credits at the beginning. I, You know, I looked on IMDb too when I found it initially to see if there was another actor named Alan Davies who might be that Alan, like who had been in other ninja movies and yep. I couldn't find anybody. So I'm predicting that it, this individual was in Indonesia in 1987 because it would have been 21, which Alan Davies was not. No. Anything else we need to correct from last time? No, uh, but you do have some podcast recommendations. Yeah, you know, before we dive into the reconstituted corpse, it is the holiday season and a lot of people are doing drives and things like that. It's Thanksgiving week here in the U.S. I realize they don't celebrate that everywhere. Or if you're Canadian, you've already had your Thanksgiving, right? If you're in Buffalo, you're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere anyway. So I thought... I would throw out a couple of recommendations in addition to our awesome show, obviously, yes. which you're already listening to, for things that you should listen to that will help you pass the time in an entertaining fashion. Yes. So the following podcasts are limited series runs, so they're not like 200 episodes, they're like 12. Who does a podcast that's 200 episodes? I don't know, crazy people. So they're like 10 episodes or less, and they're all already out, so you can listen to them in their full. And all three of the ones I'm going to mention are fiction podcasts, too. So Excellent. it's a story rather than true crime. Are or, they mystery stories? Yes. Excellent. Obviously. We are mystery maniacs. Duh. Um, yeah. So I wanted to give people kind of light, fun mysteries. One I listened to recently is called Gather the Suspects. Okay. Um, it's set in Wales in an apartment building after some kind of apocalyptic government decision to separate from the rest of the UK. Oh. So Wales has become an isolated country and okay. things are weird. Okay, I can see that. And as a result, people tend to kind of stay home quite a bit, sort of like lockdown, and there's a murder in the apartment building. Okay. And so the people in the building, it's kind of a locked room mystery. That sounds fun. Um, It's super fun. There's actually two murders. There's two corpses. The characters are fun. It's very light, easygoing. There's fun Welsh accents. They don't mention that five in Welsh is pimp, which I think is the funniest thing ever. Pimp. Pimp. But it's super fun. Yes. I liked it a lot. I compulsively listened to it until I was finished. Yes. The second recommendation I have is called Victoriosity, like Queen Victoria. Okay. City, Toriosity. And it is set in 1880s London, but it's steampunk. Okay. So, like, Victoria is part robot. Oh, okay. Well, she was. That's true. It's realistic, isn't it? Yeah. And it's a detective and a, a young female reporter, and they team up to solve a murder. And it's very funny. It's totally tongue in cheek. It's got. It's if you like Doctor Who, yeah, historical kind of episodes, you'll like Victoriosity. Okay, cool. The third one is a little bit different. It is not fiction, but I'm really enjoying listening to it. People may already be familiar with Danny Robbins, who does BBC podcasts. Yes, he no did, relation. No, he's only got one B. Okay. So he's not a real Robbins. 
Pirates. Yeah. He did a series about the Enfield poltergeist. Mm -hmm. That was super good. Yep. And now he's doing one called The Witch Farm, which is about this farm in Wales. I think it's in the 80s, 1980s. This family moves into it. And this is a true story. His family moves into it. And all this crazy stuff happens to, to them. Yep. And he interviews the actual family. But... What I really like about it is that he, as a host, sort of puts himself into the shoes of the people who experienced it because he can't really decide whether it's really happening or not. So he has these two kind of co-hosts, one who is a parapsychologist and one who is a professional skeptic, and they give their opinion on the things that happened yeah. in the house during that episode. And he's just, Danny Robbins is just so cute. He's like super enthusiastic and he gets really freaked out by stuff. So you get to be really freaked out by stuff. There's, It's not gory. It's not jump scare kind of stuff. It's like- It's eerie, creepy. It's like, wow, then that happened. Like, whoa, wouldn't that scare you? It would scare me, you know? Yeah, and you're like, yeah, that would scare me. Yeah. But they, they do have some actors who reenact the scenes from the actual story. And remember the guy from Midsummer who said chock-a-block? Yes. The one, uh, the the episode with the guy who, he has a barometer and yeah. he can sort of see the future and he yeah. saves the kids from the accident, whatever. Yeah. Um, he's in it. Okay. He's one of the actors who's in it. As soon as I heard his voice, I was like, chock-a-block! Yes, <laughs> and that's from Lewis. <laughs> Lewis, sorry, thank yeah. you. Yeah, so he's in it. So it's good. So Gather the Suspects, super fun. Victoriosity, funny, little steampunky, but still a very good mystery. And then The Witch Farm, which is a BBC podcast. And we'll link to all three of these. And again, I think the last two episodes of Witch Farm are, out, are not out yet, but they're supposed to be out the day that this podcast comes out. So by the time this comes out, all the episodes will be available. Excellent. They're all fun, and I hope you give them a chance. The other thing that we've been dipping into lately that um, our listeners might be interested in is a show on Netflix called 1899. Yes, by the same people made Dark, which yeah. is a German production company that has three seasons on uh, Netflix, which is fun and weird and strange. Yeah. And- Time travely, and then this is fun and weird and strange and time travely. It's it's called eighteen ninety nine. Again, it's on Netflix. It is German, but it's dubbed and it's very well dubbed. the yeah. The voiceovers are done by actors They're who actually well sound done. like they yep. should. Yeah. So you don't even notice it. Yeah. But it's about a ship crossing the Atlantic in the probably the eighteen ninety nine. Yeah, eighteen ninety nine. So you can kind of picture the era of like the Titanic kind of era and a ship that crossed four months before has gone missing. And yet they find it. And they find it. And it's weird and it's twisty. It's very North Atlantic-y, darky. Yeah, on, but on big, big ships with big dresses and, yep. um, but we've watched three episodes so far. Three episodes. And I would be happy to stop recording right now and go watch because yep. I need to know what happens because yep. it's that it's that good. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind a little bit of creepy, it, I think it's intriguing to the max. Eighteen ninety nine on Netflix. Another thing that we're watching is See How They Run, which is a movie. It's, it's also available on HBO Max. Yeah, in the US. but it's also out in theaters. I think now. Yes. It's got Sam Rockwell, Adrian Brody. Ruth Wilson is in it. Mm-hmm. What's great about this movie is if you love Agatha Christie, if you love The Mousetrap, if yep. you've ever seen The Mousetrap, wow. So this, the whole story is about a murder that happens among the 
the production company that puts on Mousetrap. Including Dickie Attenborough. Yeah, Attenborough. So it's like a behind the scenes of the theater, plus it's got all these Agatha Christie references in it, and then she actually shows up as a character so in the end. So it has a mixture of real people and characters. And fictional characters. It's a whodunit. Yeah. There's, it does a very good job of mixing British whodunit and American whodunit. Yes. And makes fun of that. And yes. then Tim Key is fan. Fantastic. Oh my gosh! If you've if you watch Taskmaster, Tim Key, he's a red-haired guy with a beard and a fleecy headband in Taskmaster. But in this, he's the superintendent of police, and you would not even recognize him. No. But it is so funny and really clever. It's a great whodunit. It it's, is. It's super, super good. Super, super good. Well worth watching. And see how they run is what it's called. And let us know if you want us to continue letting you know about what we like and what's coming up. Mm-hmm. This month alone, we have all sorts of new shows coming, including Wednesday on Netflix, which is less of a mystery show, but Whitstable returns at the end of the month. Whitstable Pearl. Yeah, which we really enjoyed. Yeah, so. it's fun. Yeah. Okay, are you ready for the reconstituted corpse? I am ready for the reconstituted corpse, but I have a question for you, which is what version are we going to talk about? Ah. <sighs> This is a good question. So I'm doing my research, looking things up, looking up actors and all that stuff after rewatching the episode. And I see a reference to an elephant. I'm like, what? What elephant? And then I see a screenshot of a scene from the episode where some woman is attacking uh, Maddie. And we don't know what woman it is at that point in time. And then there's a character on the character list called Shelford's wife. And I'm like, what? Yeah. So, the original episode of The Reconstituted Corpse is a 60-minute episode of Jonathan Creek that the version that we get here in the United States on BritBox, right? Yep. Is 50 minutes. 10 minutes have been cut out. And those 10 minutes include a a background story about an elephant in um, an Adam's magic show that dies. Yes. That... Jonathan is trying to manage this There's thing a from a distance. There's a discussion of the funeral of the elephant. And, an elef- and the funeral of the elephant. And Nigel Planer, who plays Shelford, um, Maggie's blind date, Maddie's blind date. His wife shows up at the end and yeah. threatens Maddie with a high heel heel up her nose. <laughs> Things that And that all gets cut from the version that we saw. Absolutely all gets cut. Apparently the the funeral was was for the elephant was quite dramatic. It was Trump attic. Oh, sorry. In that scene, if you're like us and you didn't get to see it, they're talking about at the very end of the episode, Jonathan and Maddie are talking about how traumatic the funeral was and I couldn't believe it when they dropped the coffin outside the church when it broke open and her trunk fell out. And then I never thought they'd get that crane repaired. Like it just sounds like it was a catastrophe. Catastrophe. Never mind that the elephant died while doing a rehearsal of a trick. Yep. And then apparently shat itself. Yep. And there's lots of references to that. I had to go read the actual script of the episode to even know what they were talking about to find out we're the scenes that we missed. We are that kind we of We are nerd. that kind of nerds. So let us know which version you got to see, if you got to see anything about the elephant or not. Okay, so to start off every episode that we're going to talk about now, we first must consult the gorometer. The gorometer! So, listeners, you will now hear the gorometer bumper. Turn on the gorometer! <laughs> 
There you go. So now we ne- we have a bumper for the growometer. What's that sound though? So the sound that I used, the sound of the machinery starting up is actually a piece of machinery that we own. It's it in is, this room. It is the lie detector that we own. It's a 1970s polygraph machine. Yes, that has several <laughs> vacuum tube related That's what it sounds like when it fires that, up. Can you believe it? Yeah, it, it kind of makes this humming noise and you get that burnt dust smell. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that you use that sound effect, that you didn't just yep. Google a sound effect. So, where do you place the gorometer on this episode? I put this episode on gun. Gun, which is, so we have, oops, rolling pin, fall down the stairs, poison, knife, gun. Gun. Yep. And I say gun because, in my mind, once we get to the right side of the gorometer, we're talking about things that are intentional. They're not accident, and they're also not murders that are planned to be at one step remove. No. Or super quick and sort of anonymous she explodes the back of his head off through his eyeball yeah through a peephole anyone who's looked through a peephole has thought about this oh my gosh every single time yeah every single time it's so it makes you so vulnerable yeah you're looking through that peephole to see if there's somebody dangerous outside and exposing your eyeball to them yes at the same time that is what you do UK broadcast date, the 24th of May, 1997, directed by Marcus Mortimer, like the first episode, and written by David Renwick, like the first episode. Mm-hmm. It's a little late to mention it, but we should mention it. This is a spoiler podcast, and yes. we were going to ruin who did it and how it was done. So if yes. you haven't watched The Reconstituted Corpse, by all means, stop right now. Go watch it. And if your kids can watch the show, they can listen to the podcast. If they can handle references yep. to an elephant dying in a magic show, one step removed that we never see. Poop. They can handle this. Yep. We're at a TV studio. This show is a little obsessed with the magic of movies and TV. It does like anything that is a production that has a behind the scenes element to it. You know, the part that you don't see element to it, like magic TV shows, news production. This is a daytime sort of evening chat show. Yeah. It Chloe Patterson presents or whatever. It's called. It's like a news show, but it's clearly like a gotcha interview show. It's on at 1030 at night. It's very strange. It's after the evening news. Yeah. So Cleo is interviewing Zola. Zbunski. They say it like Zevsky. Yeah. Zevsky. Zevsky. She's got three Z's in her name. My seventh grade teacher had three Z's in her name. Yeah? Yeah. Zola Zevsky. Yes. I, no, she had seven, three in her last name. Oh, just in her last name? Yes. I have to give credit to Kika Myrilis, I'm going to say is her last name, the yep. actress who plays Zola. Because it has to be tough as an actress to play a part of a person who supposedly has had a ton of plastic surgery. When she may or may not I have I don't any. think Kika's had a bunch done. No, I she, don't think so. Maybe she's had a little thing done. I don't know. But it's I, I wouldn't say it's obvious if she has. So she it's, is it's subtle things if she has. Traditional 90s pretty lady. Yeah. But it we must We saw this on, on Midsummer. Yeah. Too. But it must be weird to yeah. play a part that supposedly is somebody who only looks like you actually look because they've had a bunch of work done. Yeah, it's weird. She reminds me of um, the women that we, you saw a lot of right right around 2000, these women who were like obsessed with having surgery and it was almost like a disorder they had. And yeah. they all wound up looking like Barbie, like they wanted to look like Barbie. Yeah. That's I think sort of what Kika is supposed to remind us of. Yeah. Is that, 
And then her doctor, Dr. David Kirkin. Is the, the surprise guest. It's a, he's a gotcha guest. Yeah, he's a gotcha guest. Wow, he has 1990s glasses, doesn't he? Yep. Those big I left him for a swim instructor. <laughs> he comes out, he's just mad. Yeah, he's just mad. <laughs> Fantasy fiction rather than biography, he yeah. says that her book is. Oh, I, I just... I, I, I've seen actual talk shows where they've done that, and it's always uncomfortable. I know yeah. some people like to watch the drama. I'm thinking of like Maury Povich or Ricky Lake used to do that kind of gotcha stuff. Yeah. And I just always cringed at it. It just, why are you doing that? Yeah. Don't do that. Absolutely. Just that sort of stuff. But the the the, the short version of this kind of setup is that you know, Zola has is releasing this book about her transformation. He's her doctor. She claims that he kind of transformed her because he was obsessed with making this perfect woman. And he says, no, no, she was obsessed with being perfect. And I just helped her. I just, you know, did it. And of course, then he gets killed. Yes. Right. Is he in his surgery or is he at home? I think he's at home. But, but he's he, drinking wine because it goes all over the wall. I, he, he can't be at home. He's got a surgical table and a little chemistry lab. And the room where he watches TV has an x-ray thing on the wall. Yeah, It's, it's a, a weird mashup of home and surgery. Yeah. And I know there are doctors who like have living quarters in the building where their surgery is. Yes. But it seems all mixed up in his. Yeah. So he, there's a knock at the door and he puts his eye up to the peephole to see who it is and bang, he gets shot right through the peephole. Blammo. Literally through his peephole yep. and through his peephole. Yep. Oh, it just, mm, I'm really glad that when he falls, they show us the other eye. Yep. Cause <laughs> wow. Yeah. Ugh. Just wow. Yeah. That's what makes a gun. And yeah. he drops his red wine as kind of a metaphor for all the blood that would be everywhere. Yes. That we do see later. I love black and white check floors. Yes. I don't live in a house where that would be suitable. It would look stupid in our house. But I wish we had a house where black and white check floors look good. Because yeah, I love them. I can see that. They're so classy. Maybe the bathroom. Our gigantic bathroom. <laughs> it would be trippy in there. In our big bathroom, if it was black and white check, it would be like a big optical illusion. It would be. It would yeah. be like zooming in and out on you all the time. not do that. <laughs> no, it would be trippy. But Maddie's at home, and somebody's calling her at 1035 at night to talk about books. Mm -hmm. Who's calling? I've written books for publishers and published books. No publisher called me at 1035 at night. You yeah. were an editor. Did yeah. Did you call anybody at 1035 at night? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> When I was Maybe a book I'm editor, a better, um, a better client, a better author than uh, other you people. You hit your deadlines. Yeah, I had some authors who did not hit their deadlines, who I would pester at all times of day or night. Oof. Especially if we knew they were laid out and like night owls. Yeah, I had a couple authors who would not even be awake during business hours. So he's calling to talk to Maddie the next day, set up an appointment. Basically, yeah, it's her agent. And I think that's a little bit different, too. I think you're a bit closer to your agent than you are to your editor. Yeah. And it's all there so that we can see Maddie watching television at the same time that all this has happened. And eating. Oh, Maddie. Oh, Maddie and the eating. Ooh. I, I made a mistake on Facebook this week. I mentioned that she didn't eat as much in this episode. You tried to reassure somebody who was bothered by her eating by saying she doesn't eat all that much, and then she eats toast while she's on the phone. They responded exactly what she ate. <laughs> Put the toast Which down. Which is fine. I, it's great. 
But uh, okay, so the the toast eating bothers me, yeah. but it's not the thing that bothers me most. The banana. No, oh. no, 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 no. It's what you see behind her while she's eating the toast. Yes, and that's Maddie's atrocious bookshelves. Oh, oh, they make me crazy. The books are are top in. So what you see hanging out of the bookshelf instead of the spine is the the bottom edge of the pages, and they're just. St- Stacked and crammed yep. in there, and I took a screenshot of it. Yeah. It, it. It makes me crazy. Yes, it's not. How, how can you, you ever find anything? It's not how you keep books. No. I have a bookshelf that's kind of like that right now because I'm transitioning some bookshelves, and it drives me insane every time I see it. It's not how you keep books. Nope. It's not how you eat toast, and it's not how you maintain a coffee table. But hey, she's watching Bongo Express, Espresso Bongo. That's what's on next. Yes. If you don't. If you have to dig for your phone and your remote, yes, you need to clean up. Yes, but that's who she is. Yeah, that's the character, and Carolyn Quentin plays her very well. Yes, because we believe her. So, <laughs> Expresso Bongo. <laughs> yeah, the 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 is TV a, host says that's what's coming on. Yeah, next. it's a 1955-59 musical drama starring. Uh, it was the second appearance of Cliff Richards in The Shadows. How can it film. be a drama called Espresso Bongo? Because it's a comedy. This is the first sentence of the recap. Are you ready for this? No, but tell me anyway. Lawrence Harvey plays a sleazy hustler, Johnny Johnny Jackson, who all who is always on the lookout for fresh new talent to exploit while managing his hectic life with his stripper girlfriend Maisie King. Maisie is looking to find a better life in singing. Is espresso a reference to to coffee? Or is, yes. I mean, I know that's espresso. Yes. Jackson discovers a teenage singer named Burt Rudge, played by Cliff Richards, who is a famous... Cliff Richards is the... Oh, I don't know what he would be in America. He was a huge pop idol, like David Cassidy. Huge, yeah, yeah. Right? He's working in an espresso coffee shop and sets about sending him along the, on the rocky road to fame. And there's a picture. Playing of, bongos? Playing bongos and singing. He's a bongo. Cliff Richards is a singer. <clears throat> a bongo pop idol? Yeah. Espresso and bongos don't go together. You just start. You play faster and faster yep. and faster and faster. <laughs> <laughs> espresso bongo. And then. Okay, I have to admit my age here. I am too young to have ever actually been on a date with somebody who I met via classified. And I I assume that you are too. No. No? No. Okay. (laughs) No. Did you contact them by mail? Yes. (laughs) Did you send a picture of yourself by mail? I did not. Pictures were sent and received. It's weird that Shelford has sent her a photo of himself. Yes, that's the way it worked, and it's so much better. It's so clearly a headshot, too. Nigel Planer's headshot. Yeah, it's just Nigel's headshot. Zola says that her breasts were uh, modeled after the London Planetarium. Yes. Which are domes. Yep. That's not what boobs look like. Boobs are not like that. Boobs are... Teardrop shape. If your boobs looked like that, you would be weird. Not even yeah. Barbies are shaped like that. Yeah. Not even bullet bras shape your boobs like that. No. Do you know the actual, instead of uh, boobs shaped like a building, there is a common object that is modeled after a boob. Okay. <laughs> Keep saying boob. Okay. A breast. So a breast is the model for this common object. Yes. Is this a kitchen object? Kinda. I don't know. 
a champagne glass, a coupe glass, not the tall ones. Oh yes, but the short yes, round yeah, ones. The, the coupe glass, yes. At least that's the herb, that's, that's the, legend, the legend, right? But the legend is they're either shaped on Marie Antoinette's breast, no, or Madame de Pompadour's breast. More likely, <laughs> like. She was a goer. Madame de Pompadour, goer. Goer. Yeah, I think more people saw her breast than Marie Antoinette's. Yeah, but still, it's only part of the breast. Because, again, they're teardropped. Like, they... No, no, no. I'm the, doing hand symbols here again yeah, on this. You're, you're, you're sculpting boobs on your own chest. Um, no, the, the, the legend is that, like, it would fit perfectly over her boob. But then she would have champagne on her boob. Not if it was an empty glass. Mm. Then what are you doing? Like, you're playing headlights? I what don't do you know. <laughs> I don't know. In reality, they were invented by a Benedictine monk. Yeah. And I don't think he'd ever seen no. any. I don't think he was actually thinking about I breasts. Think I think so. he was thinking about surface area on champagne. Yes. And bubbliness. Yeah. And that it would be better to have it in a coupe glass than a flute. Yes. I don't think boobs had anything to do with it. But that's the that's the legend, is that they're Madame de Pompadour's breasts. Oh, I did not know that. Think about that next time you drink out of one of those glasses. And then think about the unfortunate woman who has martini glass breasts. <laughs> or champagne flute breasts. Those would be awful. There's no bra that will fix that. Tuck those into your belt, honey. <laughs> wow. Speaking of drinking, <laughs> Jonathan's at the bar. Oh, my gosh. So we're supposed to believe that Maddie gets set up on this blind date on purpose just to take the date, Shelford, to yep. the bar next to the theater where Adam is playing, where Adam's show is playing. Yes. Just in case she might run into Jonathan there to make Maybe. him jealous. Maybe. This is this, this is a total social recluse. This is a trope in this show, though, that but Maddie she, does yeah. immature things, goes out of her way to somehow appeal to Jonathan instead of just being direct with him. Which is what she should do because her her agent is like, you should play up this whole magic angle. It'll sell the book better. Mm -hmm. And Jonathan seems interested as soon as he sits down about the Zola story. Yeah, he wants to know. But instead, they have to deal with Shelford, who claims he did not pee himself, and Jonathan calls him the bastard son of Forrest Gump. The bastard son. Nigel Planer is awesome yes. in this role. He is perfectly awkward and weird. Yep. And he's a managerial he's consultant. Ginormous. He's very tall. He's very big. These are two people. <clears throat> so, uh, Carolyn Quentin Karen, is short. And, She's petite. And Alan Davies is not super tall he's I, I don't think he's over six feet no but nigel planer is like six three or something something he's huge he is indeed huge nigel planer of course famous for all sorts of things he's been in tons of shows he was just in the pale horse episode that we talked about in the pale horse episode he's in uh he's neil in the young ones the young ones jonathan asks her what's the sp on the zola case yes and we have some idea what that is it could be starting price yes, but, or starting point. Yes, but the Urban Dictionary says sex party is number one. <laughs> What's the sex party on Zola? doesn't really make sense. It's also... Even though there's quite the sex party going on at Zola's. It's also not Simple Plan. No. Snow Patrol. No. Sex Pistols. No. Or Smashing Bumpkins. Or Smashing... There's a lot of SP bands. <laughs> it's none of those things. No. So what's the sex pistol on Zola? 
I don't think that's what he's asking. Yes. And I love that uh, Maddie refers to Rudy, the Swedish swim instructor, which is hard to say, by the way. Yes. As Judas Iscariot with highlights. Yes. <laughs> he so clearly fits better with Victoria, Zola's daughter, than he does with Zola. Yeah. Like, he's got a leather vest. She's got leather pants. She's wears, she wears lots of bracelets. He wears lots of bracelets. He never like, has a shirt on. She has a midriff showing. She hardly ever, you know, she hardly has a whole shirt on. Yeah. yeah I mean, they seem similar aged. And this I, I this just, share and share alike among mother and daughter is yucky. I just want to say that share and share alike amongst mother and daughter is yucky. Yeah. Just. Share shoes. Fine. Yep. Trade purses. Yep. Fine. Yeah. Swedish swim instructors. No. Nope. It's right out. No. And also, how old is... Victoria is supposed to be like 21, 22. Yeah, she seems to be an older person than that. And well, Zola had her when she was what, 18, 16, yeah. something like that. So I don't think it's uncommon for women who have daughters when they are young to be closer, more like big sister to their daughter at some points in their lives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've got a weird relationship. So Victoria thinks she sees somebody beyond their fence videotaping their house. This is on the day of the murder. Right. The murder happens on a Thursday. Dr. Kirkin is killed on the Thursday. And that same night, Victoria thinks she sees somebody filming, like yep. paparazzi or peeper or something. And then I guess Saturday is when Maddie goes over with... Yeah. And, and on Friday is when Zola and Sam... Yes. ...create her alibi. Yes. Right? And they totally set up Maddie to find it. Yes. Okay. So because they, they find because the, video the peeper camera. drops his entire camera over the fence. Things that would not happen. Well, first of all. It's a huge video camera. <laughs> and expensive. Yes. But things like that didn't happen. What do you mean? Like, there were people who videotaped other people. I'm not saying they're not. Mm -hmm. But somebody to so fragrantly do it at a celebrity's house and not get any attention. Yeah. Is not... How does Zola have such a nice house? I don't if this know. is the first book she's written and it's not even out yet, yeah. how does she live in this multi-million dollar house? Yeah, I really don't. With know. a pool and and everything. I, I don't I don't know. It's not like she and Kirkin were married and divorced and she took them for a bunch of money. No. So I have in my notes, oh, videotape. <laughs> it's VHS all the way. Because I'm a total old media nerd. Right. I don't have any videotapes here now that don't have family things on them. Right. I've gotten rid of all my videotapes. You still have plenty of DVDs sitting around, I do though. Have and plenty you do of have DVD. boxes of cassette tapes. I do have boxes just of cassette tapes. Just saying. Could get rid of them. Just saying. They need to be digitized. I have <laughs> the way to digitize them. So I have some interesting facts about videotapes. Ooh, okay. Okay. So when do you think uh, VHS started? What's VHS even stand for? Video. Home system is what VHS stands for. Okay. Uh, it replaced the format of beta. Beta was called beta because it was the second version of the tape. Betamax. Yes. Okay. What year do you think that came out? What, the format? Yep. 1981. 1975. You are... The same age the as VHS. The same age as VHS. Wow. That yep. makes me feel pretty. Now, okay. 
You should feel pretty all the time. You're gorgeous. <laughs> Best-selling movie on VHS. Mm. 32 million copies resulting in $520 million in revenue. Now, I have to tell you, for the young people in our audience, you used to have to buy movies before you saw them anywhere but a theater. Yeah. This is the only Before you could rent them, you, you had to buy them. You had to buy. They I'm usually say, came out a year after the movie was in the theater. You could buy them and then rent them, but then that flip that you could rent much quicker and then buy later. Yeah. But I'm going to say I'm going to say Return of the Jedi. No. Nope. This is a 1995 movie. Oh. It, it was released on video in 1995. Die Hard? Nope. I don't know. The Lion King sold 32 oh, of course. It's an million animated, copies. A animated Disney movie. Of course it is. There's literally one in every house, I think, in the United States at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. Yes. When do you think the last VCR was made? I think they're still being made. Nope. The last VCR was made in June 2016 by Japanese company Funai Electric. Everything else is now... Uh, previously manufactured. No, they were the last place to make VCRs. I bet you there are still companies that make digitizers, though. Yes, I where you can put so. a VHS tape in and convert it to something else. Yeah, I would think so. But like this is a, a VCR, which is a video cassette recorder, right? And this camera is one of the cameras that has your recording on a giant eight-inch tape, a full-size VHS tape. Yes. Because they had the ones, I remember the ones that you put the mini tape in to record to, and then you had to transfer that to a VHS tape. Yes. To keep it. The tape itself is seven and a third inches by four by one. That's nerdy trivia right there. That is some nerdy trivia. The guys who deliver Maddie's wardrobe are jerks. Yes. And she's sneaky enough that she should know better than to admit to them that the elevator doesn't work before they get it in the building. But she is also like the friend who would admit that only when, like, I don't, I don't like them and I don't like her in the scene. Really, I don't like anybody in the scene. And especially Neil showing up out of nowhere. He clearly was looking for her. Stalker. I, see, I think she's sneaky enough that she would go, yeah, I'm not going to admit that until they get it in the building. Yeah. And then I'm going to tell him. Sorry, you have to carry it up the stairs. So this is another fantastic example of Mark forgetting the plot of these episodes. Mm. I remembered the shooting and I remembered that Zola was guilty. Mm -hmm. But I was like, they're spending a lot of time on this wardrobe moving thing. Yeah, why do we care? And like, Because there's a body in it. It's like four minutes. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot in it. That's almost a tenth of the episode. It's just moving the wardrobe. And then that little old lady gives him lemonade, and that's so nice. That's super nice. But she opens up the, the wardrobe. Does she unlock it or open it? Okay. So in the, the recount, yep. in the flashback, yes. Zola slips into the wardrobe as it is moving in through the door of the room. To hide. To hide. Because she's trying to get the videotape. Swap it. Yep. But... When the wardrobe is in place and Maddie opens it, she gets a key out of her pocket and unlocks it. So it could not have been locked when Zola got in, Maybe Zola's, but now it's locked. Maybe Zola's a magician. Maybe she locked it from the inside. Maybe. I don't think so, because Maddie expected it to be locked. And you would certainly want to lock it if you were moving it like that. You wouldn't want the doors to open up while you were moving it. So this is the conceit here. Okay, so the conceit is that Zola leaving to go to Maddie's house to steal the videotape that proves that she's a murderer. Let's start from the beginning. Okay. 
So Zola wants to kill Dr. Kirkin yeah. because he's trying to ruin everything. Yes. Right? She goes to his house. She rings the doorbell. She shoots him through the thing. How oh. she has a pistol, I don't know. Because nope. they're incredibly difficult to get. Not um, explained. Shoots him. Drops an earring that has yep. her DNA on it, yep. which is processed super fast. Instantly in 1997. Yeah, overnight. Yep. Then realizes she has no alibi. Yes. So she recruits Sam. Sam. Who's her lawyer slash agent. Yes. The man in love with her. Who is in love with her. To like every man. Help her with an alibi. I'm glad that Jonathan doesn't moon over. Yeah. So he rushes to compile clips of the things that were on TV at the same time as Kirkin was murdered. Yes. So there's a clip from a couple of TV shows, and then there's the opening of the news show where Zola was interviewed. Yeah. So never then, mind the fact that videotape editing with that ability could only been done in a movie at a you would have at least needed a dual deck right but even then it left an artifact when mm -hmm. you switched over mm -hmm. suspension of disbelief yes okay but they mistakenly sam gave... loves her so he makes this tape gives it to her she pretends to turn on the tv and and switch channels but what she's actually doing is playing that video that he's pre-created for her while he is outside the fence with the video camera filming Providing her like a stalker, alibi. thereby proving that she was home when Kirkin was killed. Because her desk calendar says it's the right date, which yes. is not a thing that would stand up in court. Right. When Maddie discovers this, Sam and Zola play completely stupid. Oh my gosh, you're right. That gives me an alibi. Yes. The the stalker gave me an alibi. And then they give Maddie the tape on accident. Then they accidentally give Maddie the tape of the pre-recorded stuff yep. that Zola was supposed to play on the TV instead of the Peepers video. Yes. And before she can play it, Zola's convinced she's got to get into her apartment, swap the tapes so that Maddie has the Peeper video instead of the edited TV. How do they know where Maddie lives? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> so they find out where she lives. They find out which floor she lives on. They find out which unit she's in and where her windows are. Yep. And Zola's bright idea is to climb into her apartment from a fourth floor window, swap the tapes, and slip out. But what we don't know is before they left the house, as they were leaving, the most Zola irresponsible workman left a lead pipe above the doorway untethered and it fell on Zola's head. Man, that would hurt so much. And supposedly it's one of these situations where she isn't showing any signs of being damaged and then suddenly dies. Right. And that that doesn't sit well with me. I'm she not would be that. disoriented. She She'd would be, be nauseous. Nauseous. Yep. Even if she was just in incredible pain and she wanted to put that aside because this was such an important thing she had to do that she just sucked it up. Yeah. I don't think she would have the balance and the coordination to climb from one window to the other. Never mind that it just makes so much more sense to go, you know what? I'm going to go visit Maddie under the pretense of asking her for a cup of tea. She'll leave the room. I'll swap the tapes, put, the, put one in my bag, get one out, done. It'll take two seconds. That would be much easier. Or... I'm going to set her and Zola go to a meeting at a bar. Yeah. And the manager breaks in. Swaps the tapes. Swaps the tapes. And leaves. And leaves. Then they know for sure. Yeah. That she's not there. Right. But no, let's climb from one window to another. Uh, I, no. 
So when she throws the tape out the window, what, it hits Mrs. What's-Her-Face's geraniums yes. and falls into the trash. What anno- what annoys me about this part of the episode is the extra 10 minutes that we have removed from the episode provides this no better story. Than That's it. why they could cut it. Yeah. But, you know, knowing that there's an elephant funeral being planned is funny. Yes, you but know? it's not that, helping That poor Jonathan is dealing with that. Yeah. When, because, so in the, in the version we saw, after Zola's body falls out of the wardrobe, Maddie's on the phone and she says, I don't care if he's rehearsing a levitation, tell him to get his arse around here. In the lengthier version, she says, I don't care if he's arranging an elephant's funeral, just find him and tell him to get his arse around here. But wouldn't you be able to see that? No, because she says the, the different words just as the undertaker's take Zola's body past her. Oh, wow. So you can't see her where they've edited the words. But the the ADR is pretty good. Wouldn't they, like, treat her apartment like a crime scene? Yes. And suspect her right away. And, like, put tape up and stuff and, like, take her for questioning. Yep. At least show up as cops. I guess we're supposed to assume that Shelford is completely gone before she opens it. Yeah. Because that would have put him right off, don't you think? he would have been a material witness they, they'd want to talk to. And... And I think he's smart enough to go, there was no body in it when I was moving it. Right. So how did the body... It's... The, Suspension of disbelief. The it's, way, a, it's a fun idea, though, because yeah. it looks like an impossible thing, and it's not an impossible thing. And that's the whole show. Zola's hiding. She gets right. in there at the last minute. So and, he only pushes it a few feet with her in it. Yep. Yeah. And she dies of natural causes while she's in there and falls out. All and it looks one impossible. Big kawinky dink. It just it's just a banal explanation for something that looks impossible. What sucks? But the is, actual murder is not impossible. It's completely obvious how it happened. So And what sucks is Sam is going to jail. He'll probably get more time for being the only one going to jail, right? Because he's an accessory. Mm-hmm. And Zola's dead. So. And Zola's dead. And like Sam did it out of love, but he didn't really commit a crime. No, he was just an accessory. He's just an accessory. And he was obstructing justice. Yes, he, he was. He was creating a false alibi for somebody. Yeah. But I think he genuinely loved her. Yeah. Would you do that for me? I'd do anything for you. Oh. Absolutely. You'd edit video for me? I would. <laughs> May have done it already. <laughs> Shh, don't give that away. The fire's still going. And what must he be thinking when he was sitting out in his car waiting for her to come out and she that doesn't is, come like, out? That is the... Oh. And then the sirens show up. Like, what? Uh, no. He must have thought she got caught. Yeah. And then they carry her body out. Poor Sam. Just Sam gets the raw... Well, okay. The elephant gets the raw end of the stick. We're yeah. clearly... Poor we elephant. don't even get that. But poor Sam gets the second raw stick. And Victoria, she's played by Rebecca Johnson. I got to give her credit because she's a good crier, so much so that she grossed me out. She's super good crier. She like, has streams of snot coming from both nostrils going right into her mouth and I, she doesn't do anything about it. Because because I forget the ends of these episodes. I knew that her mother did it, but I thought her mother did it with her. Yeah. And so I was Because like, that would have made sense too if Victoria helped then her. then Victoria, no. No. And then, oh no, no, she was really upset. No, But Victoria, though she loses her mother, she gets the man in the house. 
Yeah. And Rudy seems to actually care about her. Yeah. He holds her when she needs it and yeah. stuff and doesn't go, ew, snot mouth. No, Rudy <laughs> seems to be a nice guy with her. Yeah. I don't know how serious he is, but we that, don't really get to see Dr. Kirkin's corpse. No. So Victoria's got to be best corpse. I mean, yep. Zola's got to be best corpse, she's, right? She's great corpse. After the credits. After the credits. Okay. Sam... It's probably going to be charged as an accessory. Yes. I don't think he's going to do a lot of time, if Ru- he does any time at all. Rudy's I, is going to stay around only as long as it's beneficial to him. Mm-hmm. Victoria's going to join a rock band where she can fit in with her leather pants. Yes. Shelford and his wife will live unhappily ever after. Yes. Because she clearly cares about him enough to threaten Maddie with a high heel up her nose. Yeah, there's no mention of a wife or a wedding ring or anything like that. And then she's suddenly there at the end. Well, in the scene where she confronts Maddie, yeah. Jonathan's there in the background. And he goes, well, I did notice a pale thing on his finger, but I didn't want to say anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maddie says, like, should I just go flush my own head in the toilet now? And the wife is like, yeah, yeah, do that. And <laughs> the thing is, okay, why is Maddie appearing to be man desperate? Like, That's kind of part of her character. But I would think that she would get better offers from better people. Maybe not on such short notice to go and potentially make Jonathan jealous. And why doesn't she just go to the bar and talk to somebody? Like, I don't know. Friendly people she- at a bar? Always find people to talk to. Why doesn't she just tell Jonathan that she's interested in him? I don't know. Oh. Because it's a character flaw. Well, that, never mind the scene that Shelford shows up at her place with underwear. Yeah, that's right. We, we, we don't get to see that scene either where Shelford shows up with a gift for her at her place. Jonathan's there. She opens it, says, oh, thanks, but no thanks. This is not going to work. Shelford doesn't seem to get the message, and then she has to kiss Jonathan yeah. to convince Shelford to go that's away. That's completely that's, that's crazy though that they cut that scene because people who saw the 60-minute version know that they've had this kiss yep. that Jonathan clearly is shocked by, but then reciprocates. Yep. And in our version, nothing. The, the people who have not seen the other version are going to be listening to our podcast going. Are they, are they screwing with us? Are they just making stuff up? They're making An stuff elephant up. and a wife and a kiss and what? <laughs> Underwear. And- yeah. So that is the reconstituted corpse. Yes. Is is Zola the corpse that's reconstituted? She I has w- to be. I would assume so. The reconstituted corpse is also the name of a magic trick. Oh, what is the magic trick? A body disappears and then reappears. Oh. Well, that, Duh. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. So that is the reconstituted corpse. What is our next episode? Our next episode is number four, No Trace of Tracy. This Which is, is with the rock band. Is my favorite of this season by yep. far. Yep, season it's a really one, fun episode one. four. I don't remember if Maddie eats a lot in it or not. I'm sorry, I can't warn you. There's no Maddie eating warning that we can give you. No. I can't remember that. And that releases November 28th for us. And then the next week after that, we will do Poirot Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agatha Christie's Poirot Christmas. And then uh, we're going to take a week off and then we'll have the viewer's choice episode. Yes. So the. And the launch of the annual Christmas song. Yes. Which we're already working on, people. We're hard at work on it. (laughs) Really, we are. We are. Coming up with stuff. We talk about it every day. uh, The newsletter on the 7th of December will have the viewer's choice choices in it. And then you'll release it. 
um, to everybody via all the socials, right? Yes. So people can vote like on what the viewer's the choice is going to be. The will be released to everybody. But if you want to get there first... Sign up for the newsletter, sign people. Up for it's the, free. The it only newsletter. comes out How once a month. How do you sign up for the newsletter? You go to our website, which is mysterymaniacspodcast.com. And it down at the bottom of the page, you can sign up for the newsletter. Only once a month. We're not going to spam you a bunch. And there's always I, goodies in it. We send it once a month. Everybody seems to like it. So. There you go. We're also thinking of incre- including in that the uh, things that we like to watch and things like that. Yeah. So if you're interested in that sort of information, let us know. Also, if there's other things you'd like to see in the If there are mystery shows or movies coming out that you are excited about that you think other maniacs would like, send them along to us. We'll put them on the list. And if there's anything else you want in the newsletter, we will put that in That as tr- well. That too. Absolutely. Go buy a Garometer tote bag for charity. Uh, yes. So the, the Garometer is available on the website now for... Uh, spreadshirt and we are selling those like hotcakes Great. as well. Raising lots of money. We are a mere 58. YouTube subscribers are YouTube away from a thousand. subscribers away from a thousand. I'm at almost at the point where I'm going to create 50 email accounts because <laughs> I can create hundreds of email accounts. And and just but like, Thanksgiving is coming. All of our American yes, listeners yes. can at least get one person yep. that they know to be like, just can you just subscribe to this channel, just, please? They, they don't have to watch anything. It just, just would push us into a new and interesting and fun. Now, once we get a thousand, if we lose one, does it go away? I don't know how it works. I hope I not. really don't know suck. how it works. I would also assume that you probably get close to a thousand and then bump over it. Yeah. Really quickly. And then you get like a thousand five and then thousand ten. And then, and then you're, you're okay. You got some breathing room and yeah. stuff like that. So. Unless we tick off five people and they unsubscribe and then it all goes away for everybody. Oh, no. Anyhow, have a wonderful Thanksgiving if you celebrate it. Have a big, big turkey and a nice cozy nap. Yes. Everyone deserves it this year. We've all earned a little nap. Thank you all for listening. And next week we have Jonathan Creek episode, uh, season one, episode four, No Trace of Tracy. Have a great Thanksgiving if you celebrate it. And if not, just have an awesome week. Have a great week. Bye, Maniacs. Bye, Maniacs. I held my breath, I passed out for a second, and then I woke up and the hiccups were gone.